Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast and our guest today is my co-host, Lindsay Adams, talking about top five tips for building relationships quickly. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks, Rail. It's an absolute pleasure to be starring on my own podcast. Um, Lindsay, so tell me, you, you've been known as the relationships guy around the world and so what are your top five tips for building relationships quickly? You know, th- this is um, this is not rocket science, Rail, but it's uh, something that a lot of people fear. They fear going to a, a business networking event and having to talk to other people that they don't know. So my top tip number one is to focus on the other person 100%. And so what I mean by that is, you know, um, he, he, he's... We, we, we're talking to someone, and I don't know whether this ever happened to you, but it sure happened to me, and you, you're talking to them and you see their eyes darting all over the room looking to see who else is in the background that they might want to talk to. And so uh, you've got to focus on the other person 100%. So make your eyes meet their eyes and listen to them as if this is the best conversation that you've had today. You see... Um, we, we give a lot away by where our eyes are looking. And it's, uh, it's so tempting to look elsewhere, but it gives a clear signal as to whether you're interested in them or not. So even if you're just, you know, focusing at their head um, vaguely, that's good enough. Um, but if your eyes are gazing over their shoulder or at the, at the drinks trolley coming by or, or the whatever, Clearly, you're showing that you may not be so interested in what they're saying. And so step number one, focus on them 100%. And so, Lindsay, and and then once you've focused on them, how do you then get to the next level of relationship, which is your number two tip? Uh, The number two tip is find the common ground. And so what we got to do is find out what have we got in common with this person that we can talk about? You see, one of the best things that we can do is get them talking about them as much as possible. So you've heard of the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, of course. I can see you nodding your head. It's not rattling too loud, but uh, yes, you have. Um, uh, So the 80-20 rule applies here. So get them talking for 80% of the time. So find out something that you've got in common and get them talking about it. So it could be something really simple like... um, Oh, wow, that's an amazing pair of shoes you're wearing. You, you obviously love shoes. Uh, well, where did you buy them? Uh, wow, um, how, do you, um, how did you come to be here today? How do you know our host? Uh, oh, um, I, I see um, you've got a school sticker on, um, on your satchel there. Uh, you, you must have kids. What, what school do they go to? Um, how many kids have you got? How old are they? And so find something that you've got in common that you can talk about. I went to my Chamber of Commerce meeting uh, just last week and and I bumped into a couple of people I knew, but there was a new person there I'd never met before uh, and they were an editor of a new daily uh, free newspaper. And it turns out that they have a, a great love of writing. And I said, how did you get into the newspaper business? And they said, oh, you know, and they almost went back when I was at school um, I was really good at English. I loved writing stories and I wanted to be a journalist. And then, you know, it, I just, I don't know, lit a, lit a spark and they just talked. 
about their career, how they got into journalism and how they got into, uh, you know, the newspaper game and editing. And it, it became so easy for me. All I had to do was nod and smile and, and go, wow, that's interesting. Or, or how did that happen? Or when did that happen? And, and, and they just talked so fluently and it was so easy. Now, here's the interesting thing, Rail. When you do that, the people will walk away from the conversation and they'll say, gee, that Rahul Brick is a nice guy. Um, and really, you, you, the reason they think you're a nice guy is because you ask them about them and they talked about themselves. And so finding the common ground uh, makes such a difference. And so, so when you found the common ground, you know, and you want to now continue the conversation, what do you do next? Okay, well, that leads me to tip number three, and that's ask clever questions. So a clever question, and, you know, in, in fact, they could be almost interchangeable. You, maybe the asking the clever questions comes before the common ground. It doesn't matter. They're all important, really. But ask a clever question. So a clever question is an open-ended question. Um, in Australia, we're really good at, hello, how are you? What's a response to a how are you question? Fine. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah, fine, thanks. Uh, thanks for asking. You know, it's a closed question. You're going to get a very simple response and it's going to close up the conversation really quickly. So you ask an open-ended question. Um, so uh, how um, how did you get here today, Rail? Uh, gee whiz, what did you get up to over the weekend? Have you read any good business books lately? Um you could ask an EST question. I love the EST question. So the EST question is revolves around, you know, the biggest, the longest, the, the hardest. Um, what's the hardest presentation? Uh, what's the hardest group you've ever presented to, Rail? Um, so, you know, imagine where that goes. And, and I can see you smiling broadly. I'm, and straight away, I've tagged some memories for you. Um, what's the, um, what's the largest, um, group you've ever spoken to? What's the largest fee you've ever earned? You, that's a bit personal. Maybe you may not ask that of everyone. Um, you know what I mean? It's an EST question. And so uh, I often, and in fact, I'm, I'm happy for our listeners, I have a list of 60 clever questions which I've developed, which I'll happily email to you. If you drop me an email, I'll send them out. They're, they're divided into five different groups and I've got a bonus set of another 10. So six groups of questions that you can ask at a, at a networking event. So drop me an email, lindsay at lindsayadams.com. That was simple. Um, and, and I'll happily email them out to you. So if you're listening, please just drop me an email. Uh, and so what I do, I encourage people to have a little list of their favourite clever questions, print it out on a card and keep it in your pocket. And so when you go to a networking event, have a list of your favourite questions that you're going to ask. Um, and so, you know, um, I, I love to ask open-ended questions. You know, one of my favourites is um, if you didn't have, you know, if you didn't have to work again, if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you be doing right now? Now, you know, it seems a bit of an obtuse question, but um, when you're in a group and you're struggling for something to say, it's incredible the responses that you get to that open-ended question. And, and people, you know, uh, wax lyrical about their dreams of, um, you know, sailing yachts around the Sundays or flying first class or, or whatever it might be, you know, cruising the Caribbean. Um, and so asking a clever question 
opens up the conversation. Okay, and so I'm going to ask you a clever question now, which is, what is your tip number four? <laughs> well, tip number four is implement the PS. Now, what's a PS, I hear you asking? Well, most people are probably thinking immediately of writing letters. My mum used to be a great letter writer. Uh, I'm the youngest of five boys. My eldest brother, Neville, lived in Darwin for 11 years. And he lived in Darwin in the days before computers were common, uh, you know, items that we had around the house. So my mum would write a letter to my eldest brother every Sunday night. She'd sit on the, at the dining room table. Dad and I'd be watching TV. Mum would be sitting there writing a letter to Neville. And she'd often get to the end of the letter and she'd sign it off, you know, love mum. And then she'd go, oh, I forgot to tell him about. And so she'd do a PS, the postscript. PS, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, when you are in an, at a networking function, the PS is not a postscript in terms of writing a letter. It's a PS in terms of a positive act of service. And so I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was at a, at a conference in the US. It was lunchtime. We're lining up at the buffet. You know how it goes. There were hundreds of people in the room, big, long buffet table, groaning with food, big, long queues waiting to get there. I got to the head of the queue. There's a big pile of plates in front of me, a big pile of knives and forks wrapped up in a cloth serviette. So I took a plate and a, a knife and fork set. I turned around to the guy behind me and I read his name tag, Bob. I said, g'day, Bob. I'm Lindsay. Here's a plate and a knife and fork. And this Bob, he, his face lit up and he went, oh, um, thanks, read my name tag, Lindsay. Um, that's so kind of you. And I said, my pleasure. And I grabbed a plate and a knife and fork. And then we went down the buffet table, filling our plates with food, but we started chatting. And so we then we sat together at lunch, uh, chatted the whole lunchtime. Bob has become my second best friend for life, um, lives in the backwoods of Kentucky, and I have an open invitation to stay at Bob's house whenever I'm passing through middle of nowhere, Kentucky. <laughs> Not going to happen anytime soon. But see, the thing is, that small act of service opened up the conversation. Now, think about this. You, um, you meet someone, you meet a prospect, you're having coffee with them, and they've got an interest, um, uh, you know, in a book. Or, well, you've written a book. What's it called? Dive in. Dive in, okay. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking at, at coffee and uh, and I say, oh, actually, you know, um, my mate, Raul Bricker, he's written a book called Dive In. It, it, it's a really good read and I think it's really pertinent to your situation. I'll get your copy. So your small act of positive service will be then to go back to your office, grab a copy of Raul's book, source a copy, order it off Google, whatever, or, or Amazon, um, and get that book into their hands with a little handwritten note that says, um, you know, dear Bob, um, so nice to have uh, a coffee with you. Here's that book I promised you. Um, check out Chapter 4 because that's, that's what, we, what I was referring to. Um, now, it may not be giving them a gift of a book. Maybe it's just go back to the office and write a handwritten note and say, dear Bob, so nice to have coffee with you. Um, looking forward to doing business with you. Looking forward to catching up again sometime. Um, you know, good luck with the whatever. And, and sign it and post it. Rail, answer me this. How many handwritten notes have you received in the last 30 days? Uh, two and one was for my birthday. <laughs> okay. So, so we're going to... for my birthday. So 
That, that ah. was a special occasion. Ah, okay. So in a normal business month, how many handwritten notes would you receive? Not a lot. I'm, I'm going to take a guess, yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. And so, you see, think about it these days. Um, we all do everything on email. It's either email or, you know, we're sending a text or a messenger or WhatsApp. How many handwritten notes do you actually get? Do you want to stand out from the crowd? Do you want to really be memorable? Send a handwritten note. Uh, and it's so easy to do. I've got a little set of postcards made up. It's got my branding on one side. Sorry, it's got a nice photo on one side with a little saying. And then it's got my branding on the other side, my contact details, and I use them. Um, you know, after I've had a meeting with someone, I'll scribble a handwritten note, put it in an envelope, post it to them. And I can tell you that the number of times I go to someone's office and on their workstation, there's my postcard pinned up against the wall with my nice photo and my saying um, there for all to see. It's a memorable, um, you know, small act of service. It's you know, in my in one of my businesses in the financial services we send handwritten birthday cards. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, printed with our logo on and everything else. Yeah, yeah. One of my two PAs actually gets a list of birthdays every month and sends out handwritten business cards, uh, uh, in, handwritten uh, birthday cards every month. And so here's here's the thing to be careful of though. Um, don't be like the financial planner that I met with. I never did business with him, but he obviously recorded my birthday from our conversation. And every year I would get a birthday card from him. Yeah, that's that's nice, isn't it? Or is it? Because I reckon he wrote that birthday card to me whilst he was driving to work. It was the most disgusting handwriting. It was like chicken scrawl. Um, written at 4,000 miles an hour. Seriously, I had to get an Egyptian hieroglyph expert to decipher it for me because it was so badly written. And so if you're going to take the trouble to do a handwritten note, take your time and make sure that your writing is legible because it's nothing is, is a bigger insult than to write a whole bunch of chicken scrawl that it looks like it's you, you were doing it at 4,000 miles an hour. So if you're going to send it, Send it with genuine love, not with genuine uh, anticipation of a sale some stage down the track. That's a perfect um, segue to your top five tip about the, the top five tip for building relationships quickly. So top five tip is always consider your key four. What is a key four? Oh, thanks for asking, Rail. Um so a key four is these are your strategic alliance partners. Now, um, you know, I've written a book called The DNA of Business Relationships, um, how to um, engage, expand and energise relationships available on Amazon and all good bookstores uh, or direct from me. Um, in that book, I talk about the concept of the key four. Now, I want all of our listeners to look at their hand, your thumb, is you. And the key four are your four fingers. And so the palm of your hand is your target market. And so Ray, let's step out of um, let's step out of the speaking world and go to your uh, your um, mortgage broking business. Let's think about who's um, who's the ideal target market for you. I I'm going to guess it's a young couple who want to buy a house. Um, would I be correct? That yeah, that's a simple one. Yeah. Yep. Target market. So um, let's think about it. Now, you want to do business with them because you want to write their loan, okay? But who else do you know who shares that same target market 
but does not compete with you. So uh, it could be an insurance broker, uh, could be a solicitor or a conveyancer, uh, could be a building and pest inspector, um, could be a pool guy, could be a landscape guy, um, could be, uh, I don't know, the local mower man maybe. Um, all of those people might want to do business with that same young couple. So here's, here's how it works. Young couple uh, presents themselves to house and home loans in Perth, knocks on the door, is met by Rail Bricker. Rail says, welcome. They say, we need to borrow a lot of money. Rail says, I can help you with that. But while you're talking to them, you're going to say something like, well, um, you know, dear young couple, you, you're looking at buying a house. Um, have you got an insurance broker? Because you're going to need insurance for this deal. Oh, no, we just thought we'd ring, do a ring around. No, don't worry about that. I know an insurance broker who'll get you the best deal in town and you'll get the right package just for you. And they go, oh. And then um, now you want to get a building and pest inspection on this house, won't you? Oh, yes, we, of course we will. I know the guy for you. And can you see how that works? So you can refer business to them and they in turn can refer business to you. So they become the key to unlocking even more business for you. And so uh, it, it works both ways. So, you know, when someone approaches a building and pest inspector about uh, inspecting the property they're going to buy, the building and pest inspector says, well, tell me, um, a dear young couple, have you organised your finance yet? Oh, yeah, well, we're talking with Westpac at the moment. We've been banking with them. And he goes, Westpac, oh, you need to talk to my mate, Raul Bricker from House and Home Loans, um, because he he knows all of the banks and he'll get the best deal. It won't just be with Westpac, it might be someone else, but it'll be the best deal for you. And so can you see how that works? Yeah, perfect. And here's the question then. So that person in your key four, you know, do you just assume they know what you do? Or, you know, do you actually have to actively go out and educate them on what to say? Yeah, look, part of the process is, and, and you know, maybe this is another top five, we can explore um, more tips on building a key four alliance, but part of the process is you've got to, you've got to get the right people. Um, you've got to get people who understand how to do business by referral, people that you trust and people who trust you, and you have to educate them. They have, they, these are your sales team, so they've got to be able to sell you as good as you can sell yourself. And so you have to give them... Uh, an education so they know what to say about you so that the young couple are willing to come talk to you. Stop talking to Westpac and come to you, for example. That's perfect. Thank you very much, Lindsay. And thank you, Lindsay, for sharing your top five tips for building relationships quickly. And to summarise those, to focus on the other person 100%, to find the common ground, to ask clever questions to implement the PS, and that's a positive act of service, and to always consider your key four. This is Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.